Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP10. This episode is brought to you by Shutterstock.com with over 28 million high-quality stock photos, illustrations, vectors, and video clips. Shutterstock helps you take your creative projects to the next level. For 25% off your new account, just go to Shutterstock.com and use the offer code TWIP1013. This week on TWIP, it's sweet and sour photography. An online petition causes two photographers to pull out of speaking at WPPI. Leaked shots of Sony's new full-frame mirrorless cameras surface, plus an interview with model Tor Alexander. It's Tuesday, October 15th, 2013. And this is TWIP episode 330. Welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today to discuss some of the Interesting, I was going to say cool, but interesting stories of the week are Mr. Doug Kay and Mr. Martin Bailey. Hey, gents, how you doing? Very hey, well, Frederick. Hey, Doug. All right. I hope you are ready to tackle these stories. We've got some, I don't know, it's it's kind of a sweet and sour sh- twip, a sweet and sour yeah. show. We got some, we're going to start with, this, with the sour, though. Before we do that, Doug, what, what's going on in your world? What, are you, what have you been up to? Well, I've been uh, teaching a lot, but I think most of my time has been taken up by our new show, All About the Gear. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently working with the Canon 70D, thanks to borrowlenses.com, and that's going to be recorded shortly for a uh, publication in a couple of weeks. Wow. The 70, really? Hold that up again. Let me see that. 70D. 70D. Huh. What, what, what are you going to give us a little foreshadowing sneak peek of what you think so far? Well, the the big thing about this camera is the new uh, phase detect uh, autofocus stuff on the sensor itself. That's the thing that's getting all the press. Uh, other than that, I'm not too impressed with it. But I got to tell you, what we're going to do for this show is I'm a Nikon guy, and this is the first time I've seriously used a Canon camera. So hmm. you and I are going to talk about what's it like for a Nikon guy to pick up and use a Canon. Interesting. I think that's going to be a, a, an interesting perspective on it all. But I'll, and I'll try to be fair. All right. Yeah, be fair and balanced. Come on, Doug. You know how I go. All right. Well, welcome back to this show. Um, also on the show, Mr. Martin Bailey over there. Hey, Martin, what's going on? Hey, Frederick. Everything's great. Thanks. It's uh, in the middle of a typhoon here this morning, so oh, you might hear I don't hear wind. anything. Yeah, it's it's blowing a gale every so often, but it's not too bad. It's uh, We had the storm shutters closed all night, but we've opened them up again now, so... Uh, it'll probably get worse from this point on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll hurry up and do the show so that you can bat down the hatches over there and get ready. No, we, I, I think we'll be fine. We'll be fine. What's going on in your world of photography? Have you, uh, you know, acquired any new gear, got rid of anything, streamlined, new computers? What's going on there? No, I, uh, I'm gear-wise, nothing major at the moment. Um, I, uh, yeah, we've just overnight... We we booked the last um, of the tour two for Hokkaido and winter the winter wonderland tour next year. Mm-hmm. So tour two is just sold out overnight. We've got a few places left on tour one, um, 
but uh, yeah, everything's going great. I'm, I actually, I've been doing a lot of back-end work on my website. I feel more like a web developer these days than a photographer. I know it's um, Yeah, so I, uh, but I, it's been good, yeah. We've uh, got a, new, a bunch of new stuff. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release um, a whole bunch of, uh, of wallpaper. Pe- you know, people are often asking for wallpaper, and I yeah. generally just, I generally just um, you know, wrap it up and send, send them off if people want something. But I, uh, it's, I, it's got to the point where people are asking so much, I'm just going to throw some up on my website and let people buy them for $3. Can, each, I, can so. I make a suggestion or a request? Yeah. Um, yeah, wallpaper, definitely for the computer, but I would also like Martin Bailey wallpaper for my tablet and my phone as well. So if you put uh, wallpaper yeah. up there, give me sets. I would like sets of wallpaper. That, yeah. that would work, yeah. I guess that for the phone, portrait would be would be the way to go. So I've not really thought of that. Um, yeah. yeah, tablet will work, but uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And you know what Trey Trey Radcliffe did a while back. He did he did wallpaper and he made and I think he did this because I gave him the suggestion. Um, but he made a blurry version and a sharp version of the wallpapers so that. When, you, when you're in the lock screen on your iPhone, you see the sharp version, and then when you swipe mm-hmm. to unlock it, it goes blurry and in the background. Uh, you know, yeah, and then your, yeah. it looks like your icons are sitting on top of it. And then with iOS 7, the parallax, you know, will probably yeah. even throw the effect even more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that sounds I cool. Just, I was just going to say, Martin, who, who's going to Iceland with you next year? Um, there's one guy. He was he was the first one to book. Um, what's his name? Begins with D. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you of course, Doug. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really looking, I'm really forward, looking to forward to that. to that workshop. I just you going, it. huh? I'm going with Martin next September, October, yeah. or September. Yeah, well, end of September, end of early September, se- yeah. yeah, we run into October. It's going to be amazing. Oh, then maybe yeah. I should book too. That would be fun if we all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, I mean, it, literally, having just got back at the end, in, well, beginning of September, Iceland was just incredible. I can't wait. I felt, even my wife said, on the, I was sitting on the plane about to, um, about to turn it into airplane mode, and I, uh, I said to her that I, it, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm sad to leave. I'm looking forward to getting home, but I'm sad to leave. And normally, by the time I, I finish a trip. It's like okay, now I'm done. I just want to get home and and, and get back, you know, and see see my missus. Yep. But it was the first time I've actually felt really, really sad to leave a country, and it it was just like that. It I really, I mean, I, I'm I'm into cold places. I much prefer cold than warm. I mean, Africa's amazing, and I love I love Africa, and I'm going back ne- next year as well. But like Antarctica, Hokkaido in the winter, and um, the snow monkeys, and then now Iceland. They're just amazing places to visit, and the people there just seem to—I don't know—I think I just—I probably got some um, some Nordic um, DNA in me or something like that. Like it's just—it just feels better. So I can't no, wait. No, Martin, Martin, I know you're—you're you're probably bringing your big, heavy artillery anti-aircraft DSLRs with you. Um, Doug, what are you going to bring with you on this uh, on this adventure? You know, I'm I'm going to be talking to Martin about that over the next twelve months and figure it out, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I. You may not, shoot the whole thing on Google Glass I, by then, right? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if I were to show up with a Sony A7R, and we'll talk about that. Ooh, yeah. look, foreshadowing the show. I like yeah, it. There we go. Yeah. There's a tease yeah. for you. You, you know, I, I actually, I actually, with, I mean, obviously, that I was using DSLRs, but I, the longest lens I took was the 70 to 200 because you don't, you know, for Iceland, 
it, we're, we're, at, we're not in the bird season. All of the birds leave Iceland. They're cleverer than humans. They all leave at like the end of <laughs> August. Um, so there's no real wildlife. It's really about landscape and, and uh, you know, either intimate landscapes where you get close into the icebergs and things like that. Because, I mean, there's ice there in August, September. It's just, you know, it's from the glaciers. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, it's all about the landscape. And it's such a beautiful landscape. I love it. All right, guys. Um, before we jump into today's discussions, our sweet and sour show. Yeah, that's the title of this. You know, photography, sweet and sour. Um, I'd like to thank one of our sponsors, and that's Squarespace. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP10. Now, Squarespace offers some really cool features. The first thing that I'd like to talk about is customizations. Your Squarespace website can be made to look unique and personal with just a few clicks. And they've got this concept of Squarespace gallery blocks. These are blocks that can be added anywhere on your website, and they offer hundreds of presentation variations, including slideshows, sliders, grid layouts, and more. And Squarespace as a company is continually improving. They're constantly improving the platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. They've got beautiful de designs for you to start with and all the style options you need to create a unique website for both you and or your business. Plus, it's easy to use. If you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And also, one of the cool things about Squarespace is they employ this technique called responsive design. That means every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look great on every device every time. And pricing, it just starts at $8 a month, and that includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So you can start with a free trial. You don't need a credit card. And you can start building your website right away. Then when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, just make sure to use the offer code TWIP10 to get 10% off and to show your support for This Week in Photo. And we thank Squarespace for their support of our show. Squarespace, it's everything you need to create an exceptional website. All right. All right, guys, let's jump into the news. The first story that I want to talk about is, um, okay, so let me, let, me, let me set the stage. I'm going to read what our excellent, excellent show notes writers put in the notes for me to read to you guys, just so that we frame this correctly. Uh, but here we go. So back on TWIP 319, we discussed a situation involving Doug Gordon, and the, he's a photographer, and the discovery of plagiarized written content on his website and blog. Since that episode, another popular photographer on the speaking circuit, Jasmine Starr, was also outed for plagiarism on her blog and on her Twitter account. And recently, WPPI announced their speaker lineup, which included both Doug and Jasmine, and a group calling themselves Photographers with Ethics started an online petition to have both speakers removed from the upcoming conference in Las Vegas, um, and just a few days later, both speakers pulled out. So we'll link to the background on, on the story, and you can see what, what was plagiarized and all that. And, you know, and, I, and I hate to use the word plagiarized, but when you read these stories... Or when you look at the, the what was copied, it's it's plagiarism. So 
what I wanted to put before this crew, before you guys, is just the, first of all, what you think about this story. I want to go to both of you guys and give me your ideas of what you think about this. And then secondly, I want to dive into just the, how easy it is to fall into this hole online and all the pressures of getting followers and friends and likes and all that stuff, how that can drive you into this hole. So Martin, let's start with you. When you saw the story, um, we talked, we touched on it in 319 and now it's sort of come to some sort of conclusion with both speakers being removed from the speaker lineup in WPPI and arguably irreparable damage done to their reputations and careers. What, where did you, where did you think about this? where did you fall? Well, Initially, I because uh, I mean I, I haven't uh, I haven't heard of these stories. I've been too. I must have had my head in the sand for a while. But you've been out um, being a photographer, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I hadn't heard of the the Doug Gordon story. But when I first read this in the in the like you say excellent show notes uh, yesterday, I my initial thought was it's probably just a witch hunt and it's, and it probably is a witch hunt, but mm-hmm. having looked into it and I, I went over and read the, the Jasmine star statement about all of this mm-hmm. and you know, it it's, they seem to be well-founded. It's not as though the, the people, I think that the, uh, having this sort of treatment where you just get hounded um, and it, that may be a little bit over the top, but it looks as though they actually did the the plagiarism. So, I uh, I'm I, I'm kind of like you say, it's bittersweet. Um, I mean, I, I don't know either of these people personally. I right, right. I've been moved by Jasmine Starr's videos and some of the stuff she does. Same um, here. Yeah. And so you know, I mean, I, I would like to to think that she's going to come through this, um, but it's going to leave a stain on her reputation. Um, I just Googled Doug Gordon, um, and I'm sure he's had good Google um, listings for a while. Now we've got Doug Google, Google Doug Gordon workshops, um, Doug Gordon workshops, and then Doug Gordon photo stealers. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, it's not good for your reputation if if that's you know, because there's obviously a lot of traffic, and Google rewards traffic, so. You know, you people people start to look at stuff like this, and it gets you up in the in SEO negative SEO, um, and you're uh, before you know it, you've got a bit of a reputation, and so it's it's easy too. I mean, it's it's scarily easy. I mean, it's it's really difficult to build up a reputation online and a following, and you know, just sort of start building your social media weight you know it's hard you do it one follower at a time doing the right thing being consistent martin you know you've been doing this you got both of you guys been doing this forever right so Mm. you know it's you're it's one brick at a time to build this this reputation but it turns out it's they're not actually bricks they're made of paper so Mm. one misstep and it's a match and there it's all gone like that, you know, and it's it's scary because I I agree with you, Martin. I I I've been following Jasmine Starr. I think she's awesome. She's a talented photographer, and I respect her as a photographer and even more as a marketer. You know, this mm. the stuff that she's doing on the marketing side, and it's you know on the one hand, it's disappointing to see that this happened. And even if she wasn't responsible, she wasn't the one copying and pasting. It was somebody on her team. Still happened mm. under her watch. It's just like yeah. you know, Exxon or or you know, who BP dumping oil into the, you know, you know yeah. it's, it's the CEO that takes the fall for whatever went wrong. Right, um, right. But at the same time, 
like you said, she's done an amazing amount of good and helped in a ton of photographers get to the next level and inspiration and her story is amazing and all that. Mm. So, you know, it's just disappointing. Doug, Doug, when you, when you looked at this, what was your first reaction? Uh, I'm, I'm a little less sympathetic than you guys. Um, mm. in, in my mind, there's really no excuse for this. Um, yeah. oh, I, no. don't, I don't cut them really quite so much slack. I think, you know, if you're a you know a high school kid and uh, you know your reputation is among your friends and you you know copy and paste stuff, you know you you put song lyrics out there. In fact, my niece, uh, who's in high school, uh, does these great tweets, and I'm so impressed with them. And only then did I discover they were song lyrics from from some various <laughs> musicians. <laughs> I was, I thought she was so poetic. Yeah. Um, but she's saying, she, "Excuse me while I kiss while I kiss the sky." That's amazing. <laughs> that one I would have recognized. But, uh, there, there are some uh, some newer music that didn't quite uh, ring a bell for me. But I, yeah. I think that, um, you know, especially if you're using social media specific to enhance your reputation, then you have even more responsibility for what goes out there. Right. And so, and and both of these people are. You know, making a living based upon their personal brands, uh, and it's just to me totally inexcusable. Um, you know, we remember the stories about the wedding photographers who would copy mm. other wedding photographers' images. We we've yeah. been through that one before. Yeah, we that we covered that one on the show right. as well, so, and we haven't heard so, from that photographer since, have we? That's right. But you know, so it raises the question. I'm I'm not accusing anybody, but it certainly in my mind says, gee, I wonder if Jasmine Starr's images are all hers as well. Uh, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, you're right. I mean, what you're call, what you're calling into question is, yeah, once one, it's like Lance Armstrong, right? It's like, oh, yeah. Once yeah. you're a cheater, then you, everything that you've done good gets called into question. That's right. And yeah. I think that's the problem. And I think when you, when you decide that you're going to become a personality and you're going to leverage who you are, um, you just can't do this stuff. And and having an employee, you have to give them extremely clear direction, which says, yeah. you know, don't do that. And yeah. That's your responsibility, period. And Martin, we, we, like, the, on, the, on the other piece of this, let's talk about the pressures involved with being the rock star. You know, I hate to use that term, but they use it in the article. So the, the rock star photographer, you know, that, that has the crowd at WPPI and you standing room only, giant you know giant crowds of everybody feverishly scribbling down everything you have to say you know and you have to be that person you have to be that sort of tony robbins of photography all the time and you're building up your your following and all this stuff and you have to maintain that so when you and i'm not just i'm not excusing it at all doug but i'm looking at it from the standpoint of how as a photographer that's in social media like we are and that has somewhat of a name or presence in social media how do you maintain that? You know, but my my recipe, I'll tell you before you, you answer, Martin, my recipe for maintaining it is the Spike Lee principle. And that's always do the right thing. <laughs> mm. So just do the right oh, thing. Yeah. Don't I, steal anything. Just be yourself, I, you know. Yeah. And and that's where I mean I'm I'm gonna I will agree with Doug as well. It's not something it's inexcusable. Um and for me, I mean I I read this yesterday and I thought I mean, for example, Earlier this week, I, I had a track back um, on my blog for mm -hmm. someone that had mentioned a blog post. And I went to the blog, and it's a 100% a copy and paste of a blog post that I've done on someone else's blog. Jeez. Now, now, the thing is, is that 
the guy's left all of the links intact and it's actually linking back to my my sales buttons for things i'm not i'm still debating what to do about it but and and it's it's really like a a site that brings in content from other places but there was no question of you know um is it okay to do this or anything like that it's just it was just a total 100% copy and paste um but and that earlier this week and obviously the the fact that this story's come out has made me start thinking about it but i've been creating content and putting out the the podcast for example since september 9 uh, 2005 um i'm we're currently got almost all of those the manuscript is on the blog um this week i did a podcast about all about neutral density filters that that podcast and manuscript took me a day and a half to create and produce the podcast that's a day and a half that i have to dedicate some weeks it's half a day some weeks it's a full day some weeks it's 3 or 4 days um but that is my investment in my marketing and you know and trying to get stuff out there yeah. but also because you know just in in the spirit of sharing and i don't want to share i've never wanted to share information that people aren't going to be inspired by or or at least interested in and find a few gems in and so it it actually has never really occurred to me to copy information from anywhere um but i think that it's a thin line because pretty much all of the information out there in photography is i mean it's very hard to develop something new a new technique so you're you're pretty much yeah. always you know you're you're um you're pretty much always uh trying to word it i mean i i never copy and paste from anywhere but what i do is i i will still word um all of the stuff that i write based on how i understand it because that's just trying to keep it real it's got to be my idea of yeah. how i understand it occasionally i'll quote someone um but usually it's not usually always it's a case of either okay someone said this and i'm paraphrasing or you give them credit it's, right this yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a quote i didn't i did a, an episode on exposing to the right recently and obviously link link back and 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 stated that it that some of this information was based on what i read on luminous landscape michael reitman's excellent site mm-hmm. you credit people for the ideas um but you know with that with just, that market martin yeah of course you, yeah when it when it's long form blog content and yeah. you're right there's there's in the world of photography there everything's kind of re regurgitated and remixed and reput together and you know you add current events and the current zeitgeist into it and you come up with something that's yours of course yeah. that's called art but what yeah. i think one of one of the things that that is not art is like what i'm showing on the screen here sorry for the 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 <laughs> podcast listening audience so these are this was um on behindtheshutter.com they posted kind of a side by side comparison of some of Jasmine Starr's tweets and where they came from and I'm just going to read yeah. a couple of them here so one of them says um from Jasmine Starr the second one here says I need another day between Saturday and Sunday which is you know it's cool mm-hmm. you know and then we look at menshumor.com and menshumor said I need another day between Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So it and it goes on. There's like, you know, I don't know, half a dozen or so of these yeah. on the page. So yeah. that Doug, when you saw this, I, I'm not sure if you got if you dug deep enough to see this side-by-side comparison, oh, yeah. but when when you saw this, what, it, was this leading to your no no zero tolerance kind of uh mindset? 
All right, now this is going to be a challenge, guys, but this immediately took me back to the late 80s. And Uh-oh. the late 80s. The I wasn't 80s, even born yet, Doug. Come on. Late 80s music scene. All I can <laughs> you say You were in is, Japan then. All I can say is Millie Vanilli. Oh, yeah. All right. That's right. So, That's so right. For, for, for people who are under, I don't know what, 35 or so, Millie Vanilli was an R&B act uh, in the late 80s. Uh, who I think at the MTV Awards were outed for the fact that none of the vocals on their records were actually done by them. Uh, and, uh, you know, so how is that? And, you know, it just basically trashed their careers pretty much. But how is yeah. that any different from this? I mean, now, obviously, we're not talking about Jasmine and Doug's photography having been plagiar- plagiarism. But, it, you know, this is a similar kind of thing. This is literally lifting somebody else's stuff and claiming it is your own. You don't do that. You Red. just don't do it. I, I totally agree. I mean, it's a, my, my point earlier was that in in all of the years that I've been that I've been blogging, it never really occurred to me to do it. So I just would like to think that people generally keep it real. And and if you're going to put content out there, make it your own. Or if you quote people, make sure it's obvious that you're quoting people that you state that it's a quote. Don't just steal it and pretend it's yours because that's a no no. Now, are you guys are you guys in the in the club of sort of I, I call them the Tony Robbins tweeters, the people that have to tweet, you know, these this sort of encouragement and you know every journey starts with a single step, you know those those kind of encouragement type posts. Do you guys do that? No, no, I just I just be me, and every so yeah. often every so often things happen that that. You know, I'm humbled by it, but every so often things happen that inspire people, and that's enough for me. I'd rather do that. I'd rather just be me. Yeah. And then it's you know, the thing is with me as well is I've got a really bad memory. I can't remember what I what I <laughs> if I was to start telling lies, I would forget which lies I told, and that's I would exactly and I would, see. That's why yeah. you and I are brothers, right? Because that's exactly right. what I feel. If I if I start lying and being disingenuous, it will circle back and bite yeah. me. You know, yeah. as it did when I was a kid several times. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't escape it it's easier just to be yourself and tell the truth all the time if, if you're honest you don't have to th- you don't have to remember anything yeah. yeah but you know what the part of the value of social media is sharing something you found and giving credit to the place that from which it originated i mean an yeah. example is yeah that's what you know, rts I, are for though yeah exactly and i see yeah. you know i see great reviews by uh, gordon lang for example mm-hmm. i mean we're doing reviews but gordon's doing um, we we looked at his his uh his Lumix GX7 review. Oh, it's, a work, it's a work of art, that review. Yeah. And I linked to that. You know, Dave Dugdale um, did an amazing video on the Black Magic video camera. So yeah. good that I decided I didn't even want to get one for testing. I just linked it to, to uh, Dave's video because it's such an incredible review. Yeah. But that's the value of social media. It's not a matter of just making a name for yourself. It's sharing what you discover. Very yeah. true. Yeah. No. Exactly. And and I wonder if okay. So closing this this little story segment off. How do you if you're advising people that are watching this and they're like, yeah, I was considering doing like that and copying people because why not just recreate that recipe if they're already they've only got thousands of followers and I want I only got hundreds. Why don't I just do what they do to get to thousands, right? Why why recreate the wheel? So Martin, what what advice would you give people? in order to start growing and assuming this is their their goal to to get more followers more likes more tweets more circles or whatever 
how do you do that? You know, other than just, you know, high level, just be yourself online. Of course, that's base level. But what are some actionable, actionable things that people can do to, you know, get more people to follow them and pay attention to them online? Well, I think it's definitely an extension of being yourself um, in that, you know, that if you if you try to do something that, you know, if you sit there and say, okay, I need to figure out how to get a following and you start to attack it from that angle, I think that unless you're a very original person and creative, you're going to you're going to hit a stumbling block. And yeah. if you are very original and creative, you don't really have to think about it. It you do what you love and you you try to you try to um put out content. Just think of a way. I mean, it could be a blog, it could be a podcast, it could be just Twitter, it, whatever platform you decide to use. If you if you start to post content that you, that you feel strongly about, you know, stuff that comes from your heart. It, it can be half as interesting as something you copy and pasted, but if it comes from your heart, then it often resonates with people. And I think that the, you know, the value in, in that we find in, in the more original content creators out there is that it often just comes straight from the heart. It, it's like Zach Arias. I mean, he's, he can be very blunt and he can sometimes be, you know, a little bit outspoken, but because yeah. we know it's coming straight from his heart, um, plus it's really creative and, and excellent content. Yeah. People like Zach, they're going to be successful because what they do comes from their heart. Um, and, and you've, I think you really just have to figure out what you want to do. Um, but don't try and overthink it. If you, if you, I mean, I talk to people a lot, um, people that want to start making a, a bit of a social footprint. And one of the biggest things I, I say to them is don't try to be something that you're not. Just just figure out, do what you do. You'll gravitate. The more you do things, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, um, Google+, Plus, uh, also with your photography, it's kind of like creating a, photo a style in photography. People have asked me, how do you create a style? You don't create a style. One, you, one will create itself. You just have to shoot a lot and you'll gravitate towards a certain way of photographing. And then when you're looking at your images, you'll, you'll start to gravitate to certain types of photographs. And then you'll start to do more of that. And before you know it, you know, it might take a couple of years, might take 10 years, you'll start to realize that you're seeing certain patterns. Mm -hmm. And the same will happen in your social media or your blogging or whatever. You'll, you'll do things and some things will click and you'll do it again, and, and then you'll, you'll feel a little bit more comfortable with it, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it until you start to get a series. And there's often value in, in just the content. You know, I mean, it's like you can, you can take one photograph of a foot and make it black and white Instagram square and all of that, and it's, it's probably not that good. But if you, if you do that and you get photos of feet from all around the world, and you've got like, you know, here's my foot in Iceland and, you know, and you, you do all of this. I mean, it actually turns into a body of work. I'm being kind of ironic here, but, you know, it. it Martin, you, Martin, I know what you're talking about. I know, I know you're making fun of this, this shot that I put up. <laughs> well, this is a shot of my hand. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good shot of your hand. It wasn't actually exactly my foot, but it was my hand that I no, posted. Well, that's that's yeah. I've seen. I mean, that's actually a beautiful shot. So we we don't need to. Okay, thank you. I thought you make a fun. We don't of need me. to bring that. No, we don't need to bring that one in there. I was actually. I used the foot um, example because I've heard you say that before. But you know, just photograph of your foot and all of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but it's. Uh, that's, I mean, just really do what, do what you 
what comes from the heart, do what you love, and continue to do it, and you'll find your stride. And once you find it, just keep doing it until people start to notice. See, that's that's brilliant advice, you know, and it's it, what what I got out of that. What you just said, Mark, was was just be yourself, of course. Do your own thing. Find find out what you like doing, and do more. Find your path of least resistance artistically, right? Yeah. And yeah. do that, and then tell people about what you're doing. You yeah. know, that's yeah. and that's social media, telling people about what you're doing. Hey. You know, I like shooting models, and I just I did this great shoot today, and we tried to do this X Y D thing, and it came out yeah. awesome. Here's a picture. What do you think? You know, yeah. Instead yeah. of you know the the journey starts with the single step. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well the, other, the other thing is, and I'll be quick on this, but the if you I know a lot of people. I mean, because I've I've been podcasting for like Jesus, what eight years now. Yeah. And um, I. I get a lot of people ask me, how do you go about doing a podcast? And I'll, I'll help people to, to put together a podcast, not actually physically help them, but I'll give them all of the advice. Mm-hmm. And so many of them do two or three and then stop. And it's because they, they, they think that there's, they're going to be able to do it, but it's actually a lot of hard work. It is. And yeah. I feel, I don't feel as though my week's complete until I've spent that half a day to a day or whatever, uh, actually putting together a podcast and releasing it. Yeah. Um, but, that's because I've been doing it so long now. It's part of my routine. Yeah. But if you try to do it because you think that's your way to build your following, then a lot of the time you're, you, it, you're not on that path of least resistance. You've got a lot of resistance and, and it just eats away at you and you end up thinking, oh, jeez, I've got to do another podcast. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I can't say that there's not weeks where, where I, don't, I don't really have a great idea or, or it's really hard to find the time to do it. But... The majority of the time, I, I love doing it, and that's why I can do 390 of them. And you can keep doing it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's the path of resistance. It's it's it sustained repetition and yeah. doing things over and over again. Like when, like Martin, thank you for hosting the show. What was it last week or week yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. When you hosted yeah, the you show welcome. for me, I tell people, and I'm not kidding. Like TWIP is like therapy. You know, doing this is fun for me. It is. And, and when I skip it, I feel like, you know, I skipped a therapy session. You know, it's mm. like, why am I so wound up and angry now? Oh, I skipped <laughs> it. Okay. <laughs> so, Doug, what, what about you? What, would you? what advice would you give to people on how to just, you know, grow their social media footprint if that's what they want to do or get more friends, circles, likes, plus ones, whatever? Uh, they should listen to Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Just rewind that segment where Martin laid it down and do that. (laughs) You know, other other than that, I mean, they're the the classic things. I think Trey Radcliffe has written a lot about this too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thomas Hawk has written about it. And that is, you know, post frequently, uh, you know, post something every day, try and post something of value. Uh, In the case of photographers, as we all know, post images. Images yeah. attract yeah. attention. Posting a text thing on place like Google Plus is just going to be ignored. Yeah. Um, but you know, provide value to people. You know, co- you know, don't you know? If if your if your business is words of wisdom, then post words of wisdom. If your mm-hmm. business is photography, then post images or information, visual information about photography. But um, keep at it, and as Martin says, be sincere. So just to close off the story and the dovetail it, so uh, Doug Gordon and Jasmine Starr pulled out of WPPI. We don't know, you know, let's just say they're not, they're not going to be speaking at WPPI this year. So was that the right thing to do? Do you guys think that was the, was that the right thing either on WPPI side or from the individual photographer side to 
remove themselves amid amidst the controversy or would it have been right to just forge ahead and address the crowd because i'm sure they would have got gigantic crowds there of people wanting to know what the heck was going on and why they did what they did should they you know what, what was the right way or the right thing to do doug why don't you you go first uh you know i don't think i have a, a valid opinion because i think you have to be there you have to be in the circumstances you have to under understand the relationship between them and the wppy organizers sure uh but i i accept that they made a valid decision i i don't really know more than you that. accept their resignations well <laughs> yeah i mean i think um i'm sure it was a difficult discussion but um uh, you know, I, I think that's, yeah, I respect yeah. the decision. I don't know who made the decision. <laughs> gotcha. I understood. Martin, what about you? Good decision. Should they have gone to WPPI and addressed it head on, face on, or just recede into the darkness and pull out of WPPI? I think take, under the circumstances, as even though, you know, like it, it may not have been them that were actually uh, copying and pasting or whatever, or, you know, like you said, it was under, it was under their, supervision so mm -hmm. i think under the circumstances it was probably right that they pull out but i think that they should be back next year with a bang and i think people will be giving them a stand innovation when they walk out on the stage and yeah you know i, I mean I hey look at look at bill clinton he survived <laughs> any yeah. kind of scandal can be survived yeah, yeah. no I, i'm i think it's i respect like like doug says good good decision i think to pull out this year and i think that they're strong enough to be to be, you know, to, to bounce back and, um, and hopefully they've got, I'm pretty sure they've got enough fans that, that will welcome them back with open arms. So probably yeah. no real long-term do uh, damage done. Although, as Doug said, you know, once, once the seed of doubt's in there, it can be a little bit difficult to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to just sort of watch how they handle this over the next year, you know, up, up until the next WPPI to see, you know, was it, did they address it broadly and just sort of head on or did you just kind of like ignore it and let it go away? So I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do is in this case. Mm. All right, guys, let's move on to the next story. The next story, um, Doug, I know you're just sitting on the edge of your seat waiting to talk about this, but uh, for the, fa the, the past few months, there's been like all kinds of innovations and new camera announcements coming out of the mirrorless and micro four thirds world over the weekend full-size photographs emerged of Sony's impending new full-frame mirrorless bodies, the A7 and the A7R. Now, these two bodies look similar to the OMD. That's this guy. They kind of look like this. I'm holding it up, holding up my OMD for the people that are watching this. They kind of look like that in that sort of form factor with the viewfinder in the middle instead of off to the side like in the on the NEX series. Um, but the A7 is mirrored to have a 24-megapixel sensor. It's going to retail around 1700 bucks. Well, the A7R, the rumor is this thing is going to have 36 megapixels. It's going to retail for 2200 for the body only. And uh, we're, we're thinking that Sony's going to do an event at the end of October, or actually in a couple of days here, October 16th, tomorrow, um, where hopefully they'll officially, five, five officially announce half, it. Five and a half hours from now. Five and a half hours from <laughs> now. Know, so. like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm That's the, the rumor. We don't know. No, we, we have no, no insight. We do. we do. I've seen the invitation, and Sony's going to be streaming it live. And for all those who are listening to this show on the podcast or seeing the video after the fact, it's already happened. But at the moment we're recording, in fact, if we had recorded TWIP at the normal time, we could talk about it after the fact. But uh, my alarm clock is set for me to be ready 
and online to watch this uh, press conference. You really want this camera, Doug. So, okay, let's jump, uh, jump into it. Why do you want this camera? So you, you're an NEX shooter. What's yeah. the... Other than having a bigger a bigger sensor size, and I'm I'm purposely being you know, uh, you know, kind of not crispy about this. But other than the bigger sensor, what makes you drawn to this thing? Uh, this is the camera I've been waiting for for at least two years. Um, but why? You know, for, well, for a recent uh, all about the gear show, you and I did a, a show about the um, RX1R. And this was a magnificent camera. It's a full-frame camera. It has a permanently affixed 35-millimeter f2 lens. Um, it does not have a built-in viewfinder, electronic viewfinder. And I just knew when I was out shooting with this thing, I said, if this had a built-in viewfinder, if it had interchangeable lens, changeable lenses, uh, this is the camera I would want. It's that good. And um, so you get all the advantages of, you know, I have a big I don't have it in front of me, but I have a big Nikon D800E, you know, 36 megapixels yeah. with lenses that weigh as much as a truck. And I also have, you know, the NEX uh, 6 and 7, which I love. They're tiny. They take great pictures, but the sensor is a little smaller. And uh, if I could combine this with the D800, I would have an amazing camera. And that's what the A7R is going to give me. Uh, by yeah. the way, it's 20, 2300 bucks. Somebody got the price wrong, not 2200 is twenty-three. Yeah, but um, uh, it, and I, you know, even though it's not out, and I haven't tested it, and no one has tested it, I have enough faith in what I know about where Sony's going that I think this is going to be an awesome combination pair of cameras. And you're, are you going to buy this one, or are you just going to wait for borrow lenses to get no, it and review it? No, I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm going to pre-order at least the A7R, if not both of them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you are you are on top okay, of this one. Look look at this. A seven R, twenty three hundred bucks. Uh now to shoot full frame, I've got to buy new lenses. That's a challenge because the E mount that Sony uses, this this lens mount size, um, the lenses will not work full frame. They won't cover a wide enough field of view. However, I can take any of those lenses that I have already, pop it on that camera and get a sixteen megapixel image with an electronic viewfinder. So that's a no-brainer for me right there. And I really wanted, ever since I tested those Leicas, I got sucked into the Leica thing. <laughs> and those lenses are gorgeous, and I fully expect those full-frame Leica lenses are going to be almost as good on this $2,300 body as they are on a $7,000 Leica body. And so the so the lenses too. is this going to be a new series of lenses or is this going to be you're going to be able to use your old the the all of your other other Sony lenses on this body? I can use my old E mount lenses, but because they're intended for a crop sensor camera, they won't cover the full frame sensor. So mm -hmm. the camera either automatically or manually, I don't know yet, uh, is going to switch into crop sensor mode. And this is common for all the big Nikons and Canons. They do the same thing, which is if you put a crop sensor lens on, they simply uh, crop the lens, crop, crop the image for you. Right, right. Uh, very common. And it's going to be the same thing. Now, this A7R has... A, it has a comparable sensor to what's in the D800E, but it's two years more recent than the D800E. Uh, and I think it's also got to solve some interesting problems in the fact that the E-mount, uh, in the E-mount, the lens is quite a bit closer to the sensor. So there are some interesting challenges that Sony has there, but I'm very optimistic about it. 
Martin, when you, when you look at the, this camera, I don't, I'm not, I don't think you're a Sony shooter. You're, you're Canon, right? So for your workshops, everything is DSLR, Canon. Um, have you made the jump into any kind of mirrorless at this point? I haven't. Um, but well, a couple of, couple of things I, I want to mention there. Firstly, because yeah. someone's bound to bring this up. Um, so Doug just said that Canon crop automatically. Canon, you can't put the crop factor cam lenses on their full-size bodies. Okay, uh, I hate so that. We don't. No, we don't. We don't have that. Um, but uh, and also the other thing I wanted to mention is, is that we have lots of Nikon shooters on my workshops as well, and I try to work with both. So, yes. um, just a couple of things there. But um, yeah, I I don't have a, a crop factor sense, uh, not a, a, a micro four thirds or a mirrorless body uh, camera system at all yet. But I think that I mean I'm, I I you know, re reiterate what Doug's saying. I mean, one of the reasons is I've been waiting for a really good full-size sensor. I mean, I, I I think the fact it's the R that has the full-size sensor, right, Doug? No, they they both have full-size. One, They both have? The, yeah, okay. The R, the R is the 36 megapixel, and the regular A7 is 24 megapixel. Oh, okay. Um, with the same so, size sensor. Same size I sensor. I mean, that, that I'm, I don't know if I'll jump in on this because, I mean, literally... I'm I'm really happy with my Canon gear, and I've got a truckload of cash. Not so much the lenses, but I've got a truckload of cash invested in the lenses. And so, if I buy into another system, it's going to have to start slow, and then I'll maybe build up. But I don't think it's going to be many years. Um, hopefully, for me, it will be Canon bringing something out that is very similar. But I don't think that I think that Sony are pushing the envelope at the moment. They're they're doing some really good stuff. They've been doing it for a long time, and it's a shame that they haven't got quite the traction that they do yet. But I think that they're a contender, and I think that the you know I mean they they bought uh, like what was it Konica and Minolta merged, and then Sony bought the the resulting Minolta Konica Minolta, and so they've they've got a lot of history, albeit via mergers and things, um, but they. They've got the the R and D background. They've got the the ability to make this stuff. They're starting to really bring it out, and I think that it's not going to be long before we're talking about Canon, Nikon, and Sony as the the big three, and not just Nikon and Canon. Canon sort of really leading it. Um, but I'm I'm excited by it again. I mean, I think that it's full size in this form factor, full size sensor in or full frame sensor in this form factor. It's something that I'm sure a lot of people have been have been waiting for. I clearly, won't be clearly, one person on the show has been waiting for. It. <laughs> <laughs> I I won't be I won't be jumping on it from the word go because I really can't afford to to buy into another system at the moment. But yeah. this is the sort of thing that I've been waiting for as well. And these are the these are the moves that are going to start to really make a shift. I think. Doug, when you when you look at this, and I, I'm I'm putting you in the biased category right now because you're you're in love. Clearly, your glasses have changed to hearts over there when you look at this camera. But I, when you, I do my best, but you, <laughs> your your assessment is accurate. But when you look at this, and you've played with the GX7 um, from Panasonic, the Lumix GX GX7, what? In, uh, obviously, you haven't had gotten your hands on this one yet, but from the specs that you see and what your experience with Sony and the RX series and all that, what what do you think, you know, comparatively of the GX7 versus when this thing hits the market, you know, both on the cost side and the capability side? Mm -hmm. Well, let me say, first of all, that I really hope that Martin 
go that he and I go to Iceland next year, and he's lugging around his big stuff. And I've got a little Sony with a couple of lenses and a lightweight tripod, and he's out of breath, and I'm just smiling. There you go. (laughs) We'll see. are they are they weatherproof, Doug? Do you know? They they now they say yes. The specs mm. say they are weatherproof, but that there's weatherproofing and then there's weatherproofing. Right. Yeah. You know, you that, that's one thing you need to check. Yeah, you've got the the one DX, which is you know an amazingly weatherproof camera. Mm. I would be surprised if these cameras are as weatherproof as what you've got. Uh, you'd have to make sure your lenses are are as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's going to be. But a you're right. I mean, if you're careful with it, you don't need, don't necessarily need them to be. Um, and people were bringing, you know, we had people on the on the workshop this year in Iceland that had the the mirrorless cameras. Most of them had them as backup bodies. Right. Um. So so it still makes your overall kit lighter, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be long before people are turning up on workshops with just this kind of gear. Right. And uh, remember, so I can, I not can very shoot, long at all. I can shoot with all my Nikon lenses on these Sony bodies with the $16 adapter. And yep. you know, for the kind of stuff we're gonna be shooting in Iceland, it's almost all manual focus anyway. And so that's just not an issue. But back, Frederick, back to your question mm-hmm. uh, about the Micro Four Thirds. Uh, it's something that's gonna come up when we do the GX7 review. Um, you know, I've shot with the GX7, I've shot with the OMD EM5. Um, and I gotta say, I'm surprised I'm disappointed with the micro thirds form micro four thirds format. Hmm. I I you know we have friends of the show like Derek Story and Gordon Lang who are big fans of micro four thirds. Yeah. And uh, you know I think when you go from full frame down to APS-C down to micro four thirds, the fact is you really are losing something. And by the time you get to micro four thirds, you really do see it. And um, we'll talk about that on that show, but. We gotta oh, I, we gotta get I, I, you and Gordon on because I think Gordon would would disagree with you there. Well, I don't think he would. Uh, Gordon and I have talked about this, and I think that you know the question is whether it's worth it or not, and when you notice the difference, and when it's you a trade off. Yeah, it's a trade-off. it is yeah. trade off, and, and uh, what your the, final output is going to be, and right? The, and the, the fact is that on a camera that's this big, that yeah. that I can get full frame, why yeah. wouldn't I? Hmm. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't I do that? And that's that's what I'm going to be doing, the minute it shows up on my doorstep. <laughs> I hope they come out with this camera, or else we're gonna we're gonna have to have your wife watch you because you're gonna be highly depressed <laughs> <laughs> right. if they announce this thing and say, "Yeah, we're shipping in 2015." You're yeah, gonna be yeah. upset. Yeah, t- take all of the belts, friends. Yeah. <laughs> You take take all of the belts out of the house and and string and stuff. Don't leave any, any rope line around. Sharp, getting anything sharp off my desk. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it's going to be good. I think you know the, Martin's comment about Sony and where they're going. You know, Sony as a company overall has a pretty bad track record of doing things. I mean, all you have to think of is, you know, they they owned the Walkman and what happened. Uh, what happened to Betamax? Um, you know, they they have it. A, they have the habit of, what what is the phrase? You know. Um, uh, defeat from things the, though. <laughs> yeah, defeat from the jaws of victory, right? Snatching defeat yeah. from the jaws of victory because they yeah. they don't stick with things. They just don't stick with it. You know, they what, what was this memory stick stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah, you and know? you remember eight yeah. track three? Remember that That's in the whole? So yeah, but... with with Millie Vanilli. And, <laughs> exactly. And you know the the fact is that Sony, in terms of their cameras. I think somebody new is running the company or running that division. They're listening to users, uh, 
they're, you know, when they went from the NEX7 to the NEX6, which was a later camera, they drastically improved the controls. These new cameras use not the NEX type menu system, but they use the Alpha menu system, which is vastly superior. Same as the one on the RX1. So. Mm -hmm. These guys are paying attention, and that's, uh, to be honest, that's a little new for Sony. Mm. Uh, if they can stick with it, uh, the other interesting thing, of course, is that Sony provides a lot of the sensors for Nikon cameras. So, you know, there's an in just a fascinating relationship there as Sony moves in and starts to uh, take over part of Nikon's territory here. Yeah, well, yeah, the, uh, where is it that uh, NEX... Uh, 5R I have, um, that has the D7000 sensor, right. or, or actually the D7000 has that Sony sensor inside of it, like the exact lot number is inside of that camera, which is just amazing to me. Um, okay, so let's let's just close this particular topic off. I know you're sad about that, Doug, but say goodbye to the, <laughs> to the A7. Um, is the DSLR, here is the DSLR dying slowly? because of these kinds of cameras. I mean, because this one, like Doug said, this one looks like a powerhouse. And this one looks like you could do some serious, like, pro stuff. Not that you couldn't with the other ones, but this one, I mean, it's full frame, and it's like, okay, what? You know? <laughs> so, so, Martin, like, you know, you're, you're a DSLR shooter, and you rely on it to keep the lights on, right? So when you see this kind of thing showing up and it's kind of on the horizon, companies are moving in the direction of mirrorless, you know, or maybe they're not, you know, from your perspective. What do you think? I mean, is this is this a okay, in 5 years I'm going to I'm going to get rid of all my stuff and switch over to mirrorless or I'm just going to shoot with this mirror until I'm not able to shoot anymore and that's it. What do you think? And I think it's it's definitely going that way. I mean, the the reason for the mirror is is becoming less and less important. And I think that there's there's going to be a time before too long where the technology puts us in a place where, and and we're maybe all I think we're almost there where, uh, I I'm pretty sure that we're going to see a big shift. But I don't think it's going to kill the DSLR off overnight. I think mm -hmm. we've still got. But you, you said five years? Who knows? I mean, five years is a long time in, in technology. Um, it's probably like 50 years in, in, in the real world. So right. It's, right. I, I, I think we've, we've, got a, we've got an exciting few years ahead. Um, it's time a lot of this stuff changed. You know, we're still using 150-year-old metering systems. Right. So, you know, I think it's time a lot of stuff changed, and I think that this could be one of the catalysts. Yeah. Um, I... As long as my back holds up, I'm I'm still happy to sh to slap around my 18k of gear, um, because it's getting. Start me the saving result. for that slip disc surgery right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's getting me the results that I that I want. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's really not going to be that long where I can get those results in another way. And I mean, literally, I think that the way I would like it to go, just from a financial perspective, is for the the big. C and the big N, you know, Canon and Nikon, to also, what I want to see is a 1DX Mark II that's got no mirror and a little bit smaller but does everything else and it's probably got a faster frame rate because it hasn't got a mirror to flap up and down. Um, but I, that's what I want to see because then I'll be able to continue to use my lenses. And if everything gets a little bit smaller and a little bit lighter, my back will be happy and, and hopefully, you know, I can, I can make the, the switch gradually. 
And so would for they me, do that's that? what would, it's about. Would Nikon and Canon or Nikon and Canon, would they do that? You know, are they going to be that nimble to move? Like, Sony's being amazingly nimble right now, and, yeah. and they've committed, it looks like, to this market, and they're, they want to own it. You yeah. know, I'd be afraid of Sony if I was Canon and Nikon right now. Oh, so, well, hopefully, hopefully they are. Um, yeah. But I don't think that Canon and Nikon are going to do anything like what um, what Kodak did and just invent something or and or take it so far and then just let it kill them. Yeah. Um, I think that they're too big and they're too they're too clever to not that Kodak weren't clever, but they you know I think that they'll they'll move with the times. They'll do what they have to do, um, and I think that the transition should be. I don't know whether it will because a lot of the time you know these big companies they they've probably got the ability to create I mean I've been to Canon headquarters here in Japan and I've seen the hundred and was it hundred and twenty megapixel uh, thirty five millimeter sensor that they've got there. Jeez. They I've they've had the ability to do that for, for I think more than five years now. Um, they hold this stuff back and they they trickle it out as uh, so that they can get more they can milk more money out of the market sure that's sure. that's marketing it's it's what it's what you do um with uh, especially these big companies um so i think that it's possible that they would try to make you buy into a whole new system but so far i mean the the canon m hasn't really been that appealing yeah. um right. i you know and I, I don't think well i haven't bought one if i was going to buy one i would have bought one um so there, I think that there's a lot of change to come, and I think yeah, it's going to be a good few years. Yeah, Doug. No, last time you we you and I spoke, you were telling me about these adapter rings for micro four thirds, um, and here's one of them. This is your fault that I purchased this one. <laughs> to, this is an adapter ring to put Nikon glass on a micro four thirds system. Yeah, which you have there for the NEX, right? Right. So is this is this like Mark was talking about? Is this one of the you know, sort of uh, gatekeepers toward, for DSLR owners moving into the mirrorless system, you think? What do you think? And, and, and are DSLRs going away is the, uh, the crux of the question. Well, first of all, I wouldn't be surprised if within the year, Martin Bailey has a Sony 36-megapixel full-frame camera <laughs> with a $25 adapter that works, allows him to use all of his high-end Canon glass. With that no AF or autofocus, though. Martin doesn't need autofocus. Or Martin right. needs Martin needs live view focus. Am I right, Martin? Most for a lot of the time, yeah. Not for the wildlife. With focus peaking, right? Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, focus peaking, yeah. For 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 uh, landscape though, not for yeah. wildlife. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I think the time the time frame is right. You know, the DSLRs. The whole point of the mirror is that, well, one of the points of the mirror is that it gives us uh, dedicated autofocus sensors. And for shooting wildlife and sports, you've got to have the fastest possible autofocus. Remember these cameras, what is that, 12 frames per second on the 1DX, Martin? Is yeah, that what it is? Yeah, so yeah. that camera is focusing in between every exposure. You cannot do that today with a mirrorless camera. It's going to be a number of years before you can, and that's simply... That mission requires that big stuff, but I want to show you something else. I'm gonna because of the black background. I'm gonna do a little thing here to show off something. Uh -oh. Put this up for you. See these two things here? All right. Yeah. On, on this side is my NEX six. On this side is the battery for my Nikon D3S. All right. They both weigh about the same. Well, that's not true. The battery weighs a little less, but. You know, Martin is going to get this camera. Trust me. He doesn't. He doesn't know it yet. 
He doesn't know it yet, but <laughs> it sounds like you're going to have a word with someone at Sony for me, Doug. Only I could. There you go. It's, you know, again, I think that with this camera that's coming out, these two cameras, we're down to the fact that the only difference is autofocus. That's it. That's the uh, only thing that's missing, and that only matters for times when you got to autofocus fast and frequently. All right. Well, you, those are some strong words, man. So you, you, uh, you've thrown down the gauntlet, Doug. So we need to, we need to see what Sony comes out with. I agree with, with Doug as well. I mean, that's really the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we're, we're running a little long here. Let's, uh, let's jump into the listener Q and a real quick. This is a segment where you guys know what it oh, is. You can- and, and if, and if Sony's listening to the show, I have no relationship with them. Send me a camera, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. This is Doug K using Twip I, as a wheel work for food yeah, right. proposition. I have, I have no pride when it comes to this camera. <laughs> Just send me both of those cameras. Send Doug both of those cameras. All right. Uh, all right. So this is the this, we're gonna jump into listener QA. This is when we can we answer questions that come in from the listeners. One of these questions is from Michael Novo on our Google Plus community page, and he asks, and I haven't read this yet, he says, um, is the photo community too nice? Except for a couple of sites such as 1X or 500Pix, so many Google Plus communities, Facebook, DP Review, etc., have a large number of images which are best on the level of being a snapshot. But when looking through the comment section, there's nothing but niceness. It's likely that those who would make constructive critique don't care to take the time, but isn't all the positive speak pushing some new photographers further ahead but in the wrong direction martin <laughs> i love this because when he, he didn't even mention Flickr, that was is a problem on Flickr as well you know you put up an image up there and it's like you know, give me a, a photo of your foot right martin <laughs> you know, yeah. it's wow you, what were you yeah. thinking this is amazing what were, what's the strobist info on your wow. foot shot yeah. you know yeah your, your toenail looks amazing it's amazing uh, i see where you were going with the toenail you know <laughs> um the the very quick answer would be yes people are too nice and um, yeah. i think that it's very difficult to get a a trusted critique from a website but then again i've never personally i never listened to anything that anyone says about my images online anyway um because i you i don't know right yeah i mean i I mean, obviously, if I know the person, I, I've got a few people that I I know either personally or I've known them long enough online to trust their uh, opinions. But the majority of the time, I don't know enough about the person to know whether they're in whether what they're saying is uh, coming from the heart or from a more malicious place. You know, right. sometimes people will say stuff just because they they don't want to. You know, they they can't get to the locations or they 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 you know it just doesn't mesh with them you know the 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 subject matter and they'll say stuff that if you take it on board it can paralyze you and yeah. so the first and foremost it, I, if i like the photo i'm not that worried about what other people say um but i i think that you need a trusted third party or three in your immediate vicinity that you can talk to i mean my, my wife and a couple of close friends here in tokyo are my trusted third parties and when I show them a body of work and, and like my wife will say, you know, I love them all but that one's crap and yeah. nine times out of ten I'll agree with her and it's only in there because I really worked hard for the photo or something like that. Um, 
or she'll say, what are you trying to say with that image? And if I can't explain what I'm trying to say with that image, I generally get rid of it. Yeah, see, that's um, the problem, though. See, you have that. You have you have someone that can that will give you yeah. constructive criticism. A lot of people are surrounded. Even friends and relatives aren't photographers, and they don't Very even true. they don't know what's good. So everything yeah. out of them is going to be like, mm. you know, "Wow, that's an awesome yeah. shot," you know, and and it's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? So I mean, you've got to develop it. You've got to if if you if you live in a, an area where there are photo clubs, um, you know, run the other way. Uh, no, actually. Uh, you should, probably should join them because that's perhaps your only uh, venue to get that sort of feedback. Yeah, again, start no, one. Yeah. yeah, start one. But again, you've got to trust the person that you're that you're getting feedback from. And a lot of the time online, it it's either lots of pats on the back, or I mean, I don't I don't even get lots of pats on the back. So I'm either a crap photographer or I'm I'm just not putting enough time into them. But it seems that most of these sites. You get you get comments because everybody's patting each other's back. Yeah. You know, you yeah. pat someone's back a lot, and they'll come back and pat yours. I I don't pat backs, and so I I rarely get my own backpack. Uh, back. This is getting like a tongue twister. <laughs> my own back. There's no no photography yeah. circle jerking yeah. going on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was going to do the. Um, I'm not a pheasant a pheasant plucker. I'm a pheasant plucker's mate uh, thing, but I I probably should not do that because I always get the last part wrong. Um, but yeah, I I just I think it's it, it it's a good a valid point. They are most of these sites are too nice, and I think that you um you have to be careful with with where you get your comments from. Ideally, you will form a few relationships. If your only way of getting feedback is online, then just make sure you form enough relationships with people that are strong enough that you can listen to a few people. Um, and I'm not saying I I ignore every comment. There are people out there, there's quite a few people out there that I value the opinion of. And if they say something, and, th and this is the most important thing, it's my art. So if they say something and I think, nah, I, I'm not going to listen to that, it's just water off a duck's back. Mm -hmm. But if they say something and it clicks, it's, it's a jig, jigsaw puzzle piece dropping into place, then I'll take that advice on board. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's... At the end of the day, you've got to you've got to trust the people that you're listening to comments from, and it's got to click with you. Because even if your best friend or the person that you trust the most thinks that something is not good, if you like it, if it's what you wanted to create and you feel good about the art, then just stick with it. It's your art. It's not theirs. Yeah, yeah. Who are yeah? Who are strangers to to comment on your? what your mind's eye vision is because they'll take you in the wrong direction. They'll take you in the direction of what they wanted to see, not exactly. what, exactly. what you were trying to create. Doug, what, what about you? When you look at this, is it, you know, like, like um, the listener or Google Plus community member, Michael Novo says, too much sweetness and positivity <laughs> and positive speak online. So then what's the, what's the answer to that? Where do, where do people go to get negative speak or constructive criticism, rather? No, unlike Martin, I don't go to my wife because my wife and I, when we're traveling somewhere, she'll be looking at the scenery and wondering why I'm taking a picture of a rock. And, <laughs> and so, so you know, we don't communicate on at that level, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, Martin had one excellent idea, which is photo clubs. I'm very active with a local club in my area. In fact, in 15 yeah. minutes, I'm going to a board meeting. Uh, and we're discussing exactly this problem. We're, we're trying to put together some peer groups for portfolio review, not in the sense of mm. criticism, but, you know, all of us have online portfolios, perhaps that are too large. You might have 50 or 60 images and 
you know, the conventional wisdom is that maybe your online portfolio should really only feature 20 or so images, but how do you choose? Cause you're in love with all of them. Yeah. So we're trying to put together some groups for that lacking. I, I do like, uh, I, I compete every month at the local photo club. I find the judging to be very helpful. Um, photography competition is not the same as all photography. There are things that you would shoot that you like that, you know, don't, don't belong in competition, but it's still very helpful. The other thing you can do, and this is what I would suggest uh, specifically to this um, member of the TWIP community, is go and do the same thing on Google+. Mm. Go and find five other people, uh, get to know them online, and then ask them if they would be willing to work with you in a group to critique one another's images. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get you know, quality stuff from people who are just wandering in and out of the site. Uh, but if you, you know, Martin has his circle of friends and, and associates, you can do the same thing online. We, when Google Plus first got started, we had that. We had groups, critique groups for a while, and uh, they sort of languished, I think. They, they didn't they take off yeah. well. But uh, you can definitely do that. And I think a group of five to eight people is ideal. Yeah, I, I, that's great advice. And I would also piggyback on that. Uh, Thomas Hawk. I think he still runs this, but he he had and maybe still has a group on Flickr that is designed to beat your photos into a pulp, <laughs> you know, for, lack, for lack of a better term. So it's you you upload your photo there and you know they eviscerate it, but in a good way. He tell you you know all the stuff. It's the the opposite of the. I think he built it to be the opposite of what this listener was was you know calling out, and that's the over the overt since or sweetness that goes on when people are looking at other folks photographs so yeah contact thomas hawk get him on google plus and ask him where that is and give you a link to it i'm sure he'll uh, he'll respond all right guys um before we jump into the picks of the week segment i want to take another second to thank our second sponsor this week and that's shutterstock.com this episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by Shutterstock.com. At Shutterstock.com, you'll find the perfect image or video for your next creative project, whether it's for your website, a publication, an advertisement, a video, or another type of project. Shutterstock adds 20,000 images every day. So every time you visit the site, you'll likely find something new and you can download any image in any size and pay only one price. And they've added a new spectrum. You can now sort images by color spectrum. Many creative teams use it to get inspiration and ideas. Now you can sign up for Shutterstock today and you don't need a credit card. You can just start an account and begin using Shutterstock to help you imagine what your next project might look like and save your favorite images to a light box to review later. Then once you decide to purchase, just use the offer code TWIP10 to receive 25% off any package at Shutterstock.com. And for 25% off on new accounts, just use the offer code TWIP10. And we thank Shutterstock for their support. Okay, let's jump into the picks of the week segment. Remember, your pick can be anything as long as it is somehow related to photography. Martin, I'm gonna let you go first. What is your pick of the week? Okay, so I was, uh, I've been trying to think of something other than this, but I'm really excited about tonight. We're we're putting the band back together. We, uh, oh. it, it, for those of those of you that remember, there was a a group. Well, I mean, I I, I was the third person to start a photography podcast, um, and one of the first was Chris Marquardt. Yes, and then the top not, floor. 
and not long after Chris, I started mine, and then we had a very next Perillo started the candid frame, candid and frame. Jeff and Jeff Curto started camera position, and then the history of photography podcast, and we along with a, a guy called John Arnold who can't join us tonight, um, we used to be the the focus ring. We well, we used to be the podcast net photocast network, and we used to every so often get together and record a roundtable. Uh, podcast called the focus ring and it was it was great we used to love doing that but we've all got so busy in our own um photographic lives that we 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 haven't been able to do it for a long time but it might not be a continuous thing but tonight at 11 p.m japan time i think it's 7 7 a.m pacific um because we've got to get chris in there as well there's me, Chris, Aberian X, and Jeff are getting together. We're putting the band back together. That's cool. You know, so it's, uh, you know, I actually I was, put I was, the link in the notes so that you know at least we can people can well, see the replay. Yeah. What What I was going to say is if you're if you're listening to this live, um, then Aberian X is going to be hosting. Uh, so if you go to Aberian X Perillo's um, Google Plus feed, you will be able to find that. It's I B A R. I think it's the I I Berry Abarian, so it'll be. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna mess I'm it gonna up. pull it up right yeah. now. Yeah. While so, you're talking. Uh, I think it's I B A R O N E X. Um, yes. So what we so just search for Abarian X, uh, but also I'll be pinging out onto Google Plus when we're about to start. So check check that out on Google Plus if you're listening live, but if you are not. Then it will it will be on YouTube and will and you know just check any either mine or I'm sure Chris and Jeff will also be um, will be talking about this. It's probably going to be an hour or so chat. I'm not sure, but it's just going to be a lot of fun. We haven't got an agenda. We're just going to chew the fat about photography and life and everything that we've been up to for a uh, you know for the last few years. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I was on Amazon trying to get a Blues Brothers hat and some dark shades, but I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't find one. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's my pick of the week. I love it. I love it. Cool. So yeah, I B A R I O N E X Perillo P E R E L L O. It's uh, a yeah. Yeah, just search Google, search for Google, search on Google for Google Plus Abarian X Perillo. You'll find him, and we'll link to him in the, the show notes. So the po- folks that don't catch it live, you'll be able to watch the replay because you're doing this as a, a hangout on air as well, right? Yes. So yeah, yeah we'll have the, the replay will be on YouTube, and I'm going to tap um, Abarian X up to see if I can get a copy of the video so I can stick it in my podcast feed next week as well. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for that, Martin. You're welcome. All right, Doug K. What is your pick of the week? I kind of know what it is already because I've queued up the tab to put on the screen. <laughs> well, I'm going to change my mind. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just a mess with you. Uh, this is something from one of Martin's countrymen, uh, yeah. Jeffrey. Friedel. I know Jeffrey. He's great. Yeah, mm. he's from, uh, well, not the other end of the country, but down in Kyoto. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey uh, produces Jeffrey Friedel produces something he calls Lightroom Goodies, and this is a large collection collection of plugins and tools that enhance Lightroom in all sorts of ways. Um, he's got special export utilities for services like Flickr and so forth. Uh, he's got publishing utilities. He's got all sorts of little things that tweak the metadata. Uh, it's really high quality stuff. He does it on a donation-ware basis. Uh, all you have to do is send him anything, and you get a license key. 
Um, I, I have benefited so much that I, you know, send them usually five or ten dollars for every one of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Jeffrey is really good about keeping these up to date and supported. I, more often than not, when I run one of his plugins, it lets me know there's a new version available and I update mm-hmm. them frequently. So do check out Jeffrey Friedel's Lightroom goodies. They are superb. Very cool. All right. Thanks for that, Doug. And my pick of the week is... Drum roll. Drum roll. This is new toy that I've been playing with. You may have heard of it. It's this thing. Can you see that? It's white and, you know, I don't know if you can check that out. They should have sent me a black one. Um, but this is um, the Sony QX10. This is the, the the Sony lens camera. This thing is awesome. I've been playing with it for a couple of days and... If you're, if you're not familiar with this thing, is basically what Sony did was they created this thing, which is a the entire camera, but it's in this lens form factor that you can flip these back flips out on like this and then take your smartphone like this and clamp it in there and you have a camera. Now, it connects to the camera initially. In the case of this this phone, it's a, this is a Moto X uh, Android phone with NFC in it. So to connect the two, I'm going to see if it'll perform. It might have performance anxiety, but I'm going to try to do it live on the air right here. So you take the lens camera, the QX, you take the Android device, and you tap them together like this. Let's see if it works. Drum roll. Doug? (laughs) (laughs) It's my equivalent of a drum roll. It's not working. Look at that. There you go. There it goes. Boom. Look at that. So now they're paired together, um, and what happens on the Android device is it's launching the Sony Play Memories app automatically. I haven't done anything, and it's going to connect and create a Wi-Fi connection between these two guys. So I can use the lens separately from the camera, or I can put them together with that clamp and shoot like a regular point-and-shoot camera, and boom, you know, you've got it. It's actually pretty cool because you can do some interesting shots. Like I threw this thing in my refrigerator and did a shot of me reaching into the refrigerator <laughs> to grab stuff while I was composing it on the phone over here. So it's cool. This guy, it goes for, let me pull up the screen here. It goes for um, 200, I think this this model is the cheaper model, and it goes for 250 and change, I believe. And the, um, let's see, let me bring it up for you. Where did it go? Yeah, here it is. Yeah, so this one is a cheaper model. It goes for 250 and change. This is the QX10, and then they've got a QX100, which is the more versatile, bigger one. I think it has a bigger sensor, and it's black, of course. It looks more professional, and it uh, it's I think almost double the price, so like 499 or close to closer to 500 bucks. But it's a it's an interesting concept, you know. And I'm gonna send this thing, I believe, to Doug K who's going to just drag it behind his car and put it, put it through its paces and see if it's, you know, if this new form factor is worth it for all about the gear. But uh, I just want to go on record that I got a chance to play with it first, Doug. So and when you, when you get it back, it will be unrecognizable. <laughs> <laughs> like why, why is this lens green, Doug? I don't understand. <laughs> I can't believe Sony sent you a white one though. My goodness. I know. I know. I don't know. Who knows? Hey, right. beggars. Beggars cannot be choosers. That's true. That's true. I'm trying to cancel this uh, the screencast window. It's not letting me. Anyway, so I'm going to continue <laughs> with the show. So uh, we're at the end of the show, guys. 
This is the end of the show. So before before we end this, before we end this, Doug, I did this really cool interview with Tor Alexander. Um, she's a model, an amazing model. I was at a Mark Don workshop down in uh, in Southern California, and um, Tor agreed to let me interview her at this at the uh, at the GlamourCon workshop or the GlamourCon convention down there. And I recorded it, and I'm now going to make it available to the This Week in Photo listeners. So she's a really cool um, model and just a great person in general. So definitely check that out. All right, guys. Um, so we're at the end of another episode of TWIP. Doug K., any parting shots, parting words? No, you know, it's going to be a big week next week at, uh, what is it called? Photo Expo? What's the name of that show? Photo Plus, whatever you're doing. Photo Plus Expo? Photo Plus Expo, yeah. yes. And uh, you'll be there, and we look forward to a report on the next edition of uh, This Week in Photo, because I think it's going to be not just Sony, uh, let me make that clear, but there are some amazing announcements coming out from almost every camera manufacturer. It's a, it's a big year. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff coming out. Isn't it crazy? What's 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 going on this year? What's so special about this year? I Maybe it's the fact that the last couple have been boring. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, this will be the first Photo Plus that I've attended in several years, just to go on the record for that. All right. Uh, Martin, Bailey, we're going to keep you, up with can you. Can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's good, because my browser's frozen up. My um, We're at the time of day where my uh, my virus scanning stuff all kicks in, so <laughs> I'm glad that you uh, – I'd forgotten about this. So, no, I got you. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, – what was the question? No, Where you, fin- <laughs> you can't see Martin is lost without his computer. Look at that. Uh, no, I, <laughs> Where I, can uh, people go to connect with you? Uh, I was trying to. I was trying to get rid of this software. Um, everything that I'm up to, up to is linked from martinbaileyphotography.com. Uh, so if you go over there, there's social links and my uh, all of the stuff that I'm putting out into the world is linked on that top page. Excellent. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thank you both for coming on. This has been a, another excellent show. I hope the listeners got a lot out of it. And uh, listeners, speaking of you, if you'd like to keep up with everything in the TWIP universe, you can check us out at thisweekinphoto.com. And also, please join our Google Plus community and circle Doug and Martin and myself on Google Plus. And if you're looking for me outside of Google Plus, you can find me at frederickvan.com. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. I am Frederick Van Johnson, and we're still here at GlamourCon, and I snagged one of the models here at GlamourCon, Tor Alexander. Um, she is here for a workshop, one of the Mark Dom workshops that he's putting on that I'll be attending. She agreed to hang out with me for a couple minutes and talk about modeling and some of the things that you as a photographer can do to ensure that you're successful when you're shooting models and how to get models and all that sort of cool stuff. So Tor, welcome. Thank you very much. Okay. It's a pleasure to have you. Okay, so let's start off with, let's start off with you. How'd you get into modeling and how long have you been doing this stuff? 
I started five years ago. I started in the British press with Page Three. Um, quite a strange story how they actually approached me. I was uh, one summer, I was at university and I had a summer job. So I, when you send in your job application, you had to send in a little picture of yourself, just like a little passport photo. And then the events company that I sent that into, they got approached by a British magazine because um, they had a model competition so just out of nowhere I got a phone call from the magazine and said would you like to be one of our finalists so I was like yeah I'd love to be went up to London did the whole competition and ended up winning so I got a year's modelling competition um, sorry year's contract and signed with my agency and started page three so it all went from there that's really cool yeah so let, let's talk about photographers right so you've worked with a lot of photographers up till now so far so you've maybe seen the the range of skill from here down to here uh, so how do photographers approach you like how what what's the like like a lot of the this week in photography audience maybe like okay i would love to shoot a model like that but i don't know how to find her and i don't know what to pay her and do i just trade time for you know what do i do what's what advice would you give them I'd say best thing to do is approach us through Model Mayhem is a fantastic platform because you know that if someone's on Model Mayhem they've already been approved by the site, the moderators have seen them and they've got to have a portfolio of some kind. You know, even if it's not, you know, what you'd imagine the best quality photos, at least you've got something out there, you know, as a starting off point for us to view. And then as a model, the best thing you can do is just contact me on there or go through my website. You know, a lot of girls have their own websites. And you, if someone's taken the time to email you, then, you know, that's a good start. And I will follow up, you know, however, whatever the um, inquiry is, I will follow it up. What you really need to do is um, give a really coherent intended usage of what you want because what tends to put girls off is when they get things which you know offers which aren't really grammatically correct or they don't really say what you want to do or a bit of a funny attitude that's very off-putting but if you are very upfront about it because remember at the end of the day it is, is a contract it's a business deal that you're looking at so you need to say what the hours are intended usage if a makeup artist is included that's a really important thing you know if you the best thing I could say to new photographers is don't shoot loads, shoot a little amount and then put more money into those shoots. Mm -hmm. If you are going to, you know, take the time out to make a portfolio and shoot, I think it's best to, you know, get a good model, someone that you admire, someone that you want to shoot with and get a makeup artist and a decent location because then it's going to, it's better to have fewer pictures in your book that are quality than just loads and loads of pictures which are not so great. Now I've heard, I've heard all sorts of stories about you know the adventures of the model on Model Mayhem and the adventures of the photographer on Model Mayhem, um, and one of the one of the the themes that I keep hearing, especially from models, is that there's a lot of um, photographers with ulterior motives. Strange people out there. Strange people that that we call them GWCs, right? Guys with camera that they hey pretty girl and I just want to see you naked I'm gonna say that I'm a photographer and then you find out that they're not does that happen a lot and how often has that happened to you in the last several years it does happen quite often and the other one is when they pose to be male models and they're like let's do a couple shoot and you're like no I don't really want anything to do with this thank you um, I tend to answer those inquiries with a set form back so I say well what are your intentions where is this going and how long's the duration and then I give my rates and at per hour per level 
that they want to shoot at and then you tend to be able to weed out the flakes through that because then when you come back to someone and say that then they realise you're not going to be just some girl who's like yay yay let's go, go and go and take off my clothes in a hotel room and you can just give me the money for it so yeah as long as you approach things professionally and you have a bit of respect for the girl you're trying to hire you know you will get somewhere well, how can, how can photographers, because there's a lot of flake models on Model Mayhem too, right? How can photographers avoid that? How can you ensure that the model's going to show up when you, you know, at the appointment? I think it's the same as any self-employed industry. It's word of mouth and reputation goes a long way. Like, I'm very careful with my reputation. You know, if I'm ill or anything, if I've got shoot books, I'll get there. You know, I will drag myself there. I will put makeup on to cover any looking illness. I, I will get there, you know? And... Exactly, and I, I think um, a lot of people will make that effort. If you are getting vibes from a model that you think, you know, she's going to flake on me, chances are she probably will. And I think you can weed them out, but just once you start networking, getting contacts in the industry, you can, you can kind of figure out who's going to flake and who's okay. All right, so last question here. Um, if people want to hire you or find out more about what you're doing and your, see your work and all that stuff, where should they go? Okay, I've got my own website, it's www.touralexander.com and I've got a contact form on there if you want to contact me at all and I've also got portfolios on there. Thanks Tor, appreciate it. So much, it's lovely to meet you. Likewise. Alright, I'm Frederick Van Johnson, Tor Alexander, check out her website and uh, that's it.